The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Okay, I need to start by telling you, first of all, he will not stay up there very long. Is that creeping anybody out? Okay, that creeps me out, just having him behind me uh, like that. Anybody else? That, that's like my major fear. Anybody else big snake fear? I hate snakes. Okay, I have a weird question, though. Has anybody actually been bitten by a snake? Anybody in here actually been bitten? Okay, one, two, three, a few folks. I just wonder, because it's such a big fear, I wonder how much it actually happens. You know, they're really kind of peaceful little slithery little things. I didn't know how much it happened. But, but uh, we're, we're going to move on from him in a second. We're going to look at the last couple chapters in the book of Acts, uh, chapters 27 and 28. And, uh, but I wanted to take just a minute and kind of summarize or review a little bit about the life of Paul, just to look at the whole picture. And then we'll go back and look at some of the uh, verses in 27 and 28 and see what is happening there at the end. You remember, we first met Paul in Acts chapter 7. See if you can fill in the blank. He was presiding over the death of the first Christian martyr named Stephen. Somebody got that? Uh, Okay, so uh, he's actually on the side of persecuting Christianity. But in Acts chapter 9, he meets with Jesus and he changes teams in a hurry here. Uh, God speaks to him. His life is transformed. After that, we're going to know him as Paul. uh, And he's going to be the minister of the gospel to the Gentiles. In chapter 13, that's really where that takes off on his missionary journeys. And Paul's life is marked by incredible blessing as far as the spread of the gospel, these church being planted, and the power of God being uh, demonstrated through his ministry and things changing and great things happening and the world is uh, opening up all these churches being opened up to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Awesome story! But there's of course another side of this story. Paul is also beaten. Paul is also uh, basically left for dead. Paul was thrown in jail many times. Sometimes that jail is like, okay, yeah, we're holding you over here. You got an ankle monitor. You can't go anywhere. Uh, And sometimes that jail is dungeon you know, big time down, down in, in the dungeon. Uh, he has been, the, the beatings are multiple. This has happened several times. And as we get to the end of the story, now you might remember last week we said he's just been through a, a, a period of years where these authorities don't know what to do with them, so they're holding on to him and saying, okay, eventually we're going to get you to Caesar. You've appealed to Caesar. You're going to Rome. God had told him, I'm going to get you to Rome, so don't, don't worry. You're not going to die before that. i got a purpose for you in Rome. Uh, he knew that. So finally, as we get to the last couple of chapters, Paul gets to go to Rome. By the way, Chris mentioned Malta. I think uh, that that works into our story. I wasn't going into the geography of it, but if you read through uh, 27 and 28, that's one of the stops there. But, uh, But anyway, he gets on this ship, luxury liner, no doubt, uh, he is in, if you've ever seen the old Ben-Hur movies, this is kind of the picture that I have because he's in change. You know, he's with prisoners. He's with folks that mostly have a, a life sentence. So they're in the bottom of the ship. That's where they are traveling. And they are traveling. We'll see this more as we get to it. But they're traveling at a time of the year when you didn't travel. The sea was incredibly uh, dangerous. And uh, they ignored warnings. Uh, they went ahead. They end up being tossed and free. It, it says here, and we'll read this in a little bit, but it says that you couldn't see the sun or the moon. Uh, which because of the cloud cover and in that situation they have no way to navigate so if you can imagine being in the water being out there with no idea where you're going whatsoever okay in fact I I was going to say this to the small group leaders the first questions for the small groups this week is tell any funny 
uh, sailing stories or water stories that you have because I was going to give you a real long story here about one time I almost died. It wouldn't have been funny had I died. That would have been a real buzzkill, but I didn't. Uh, out in Lake Michigan. And, uh, but I decided that I don't have time for that story today, but uh, someday. It's a good story, and you have not heard it yet. It's a good one. But uh, the... Um, Anyway, the, the perils of sea are all over the place. He's going through this. Uh, he's shipwrecked. He probably should have died, but they're trying to save him in a couple cases, and they release them. They finally get to a place where they swim to shore in bitter cold waters, so they would have been probably suffering from hypothermia. Paul, being the, the servant that he is, is part of, uh, or he's gathering sticks for uh, the fire. So he's got this group of sticks, and uh, then he drops the sticks, and there's still something hanging on his arm. Okay, now can you visualize this for a second? I don't know about you, but I would have been like, really? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I've been in jail for years. I've been doing all, all these things. Now I'm in a boat. We finally make it. We've made it to shore, and now a snake bites me. They, they said these snakes were very, very uncommon. In fact, they don't exist on those islands today. Uh, so this was a very rare occurrence. It's like, oh, what are the chances? Uh, there's a poisonous snake on my arm. This is, this is just wonderful. But I think that as we look back through the story and come back to that, I think that uh, my passion has been throughout the last few weeks, or what I, I don't know how to say this, I feel like God has called me to do. You know, there are some pastors who are like, hey, we're going to explore right now. I rode past the church yesterday. They had a sign that said, we're studying the book of Daniel so you can see what's going on uh, with the prophecy. And uh, that past, if you want the name of that church, I can give it to you afterwards. Uh, I'd like to hear that. Uh, but, uh, but I haven't really felt a passion to do that as much as I've just felt a passion to, as much as I can, shepherd and help people through rough sailing. And this passage today, this, this is a great ending to it as we get to the end of the story. Because you say, well, Paul's life ends next week when he gets beheaded. Yeah, but that's not really the bad part. That's the good part. He's been waiting for that. Uh, he's been saying all along, for me to die is gain. That's good. I can, I can get there. What he goes through today is really the end of it. it. It doesn't get any rougher than the navigation through the sea and what is going on. And what we'll see in here, uh, we're going to look at four different things. Um, I'll say couple of them, kind of quick little looks that we'll take, but, uh, and then two a little bit more, but some navigation principles for hard times as we see him shipwreck. Think we could use some good navigation principles, how to, how to get through. I feel like this is a perfect fit for what God has called me to do today, so I'm excited about this. Remembering that when we go through rough times, when we face storms, they can either cement our faith or they can kill our faith. And, uh, and what we face right now definitely can do that. So, um, we're going to take a look then today at the 27 and 28, the catastrophic cruise. Not easy to say, by the way, but that's where we're going to look at his little journey here uh, on his way to Rome. And as I mentioned, we're going to do some skimming here, but uh, as the story begins, uh, gives us some of the background there in Acts 27, 1 through 12, I want to just show you a couple verses from that passage. One of them is here in verse number 3, and it just says this, And Julius treated Paul, this is a weird little thing to stop on, but I want to point this out. Like I said, the first couple are kind of quick little points, but I think they're incredibly practical and pretty good. Uh, Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go with his friends and be cared for. So in all that Paul was doing, he's on this journey, he's, he's under arrest. Luke stops and points out, but there's one guy that Julius really treated him kindly. Okay, he had this one. This is, comes up later in the story too. There's one other case where they say something like this. But as we journey through hard times, can I strongly encourage you to note the positives? Have you ever noticed that we are pretty good at counting red lights? 
You know how many red lights I hit? When do we count the green lights? <laughs> Today was good. Uh, we're, we're pretty good at complaining about the weather when it's bad. We're not quite so good about uh, you know, rejoicing when, in the weather when it's good. We're pretty good at noticing the negatives. What Paul says here, I got this one guy here, he's really, I better notice that. I better notice that, hey, this is something good that is going on right now. My wife and I had a real blessing on Friday. Uh, we got to go over and visit with a couple that some of you know, uh, Ed and Betty Aran. Uh, oftentimes when they've been here, they sit back in that section back there. Uh, Betty comes in with a walker, and um, as, as long, Ed is in his 90s. Uh, as long as I, ha by the way, they come from out by the, by where the bypass, uh, 31 bypass meets Cleveland Road out there. That's where they live. Uh, so getting, getting out here now and everything is pretty tough. But in talking to them, as long as I have known them, Betty has been an endless source of encouragement to me. I mean, she's just been amazing. Because if you knew everything she's faced, the number of times she's been in the hospital since I have been here, uh, is astounding. It's more than some of you that work at the hospital. I mean, she's just there all, all the time. I remember one day I got this text and I didn't know it was her number and it just says, hey, I fell off my bike and I'm in the hospital. I had no idea who it was from uh, and never guessed that Betty was on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, maybe it's time to stay off bikes. Uh, you know, maybe it's that time. But she has had just a sickness and continues to have in the battle and stuff like that. But my wife and I got to sit and visit with them for a little while on Friday. And once again, it's just, these are the blessings of my life. You know, these are the blessings. This is how God has blessed our life. There wasn't complaint. There wasn't things. Right? There was just, these are the blessings. And I thought, man, that is so incredible. Uh, just to think, and, and you know, it, it, it's weird, you know, sometimes I'll leave a visit and think, oh, man, that was a, that was a kick. <laughs> that really knocked me down. But I just left and I thought, wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, the first thing my wife and I said to each other when we got in the car is that's the type of, forgive me, old people we want to be. I mean, it, but it is. You know, I don't want to be the, the grumpy old man. I want to be this, this lady that sees the blessings. So can I encourage you? You know, the, the hymn writer said, count your blessings. Name them one by one. How about we list and we count our blessings, uh, no matter how small. Maybe, and I hope it can start with you with your family. Maybe it's just fall. If you're like me, I love fall. There's supposed to be some nice weather coming in the next couple of weeks. I love pumpkin pie. Uh, my wife loves pumpkin spice lattes, lattes, uh, or lattes too. She probably likes those. But, uh, but anyway, we, you know, whatever it is that I can rejoice and I, I, I can just enjoy this. I mean, sometimes I look at my stupid dog that greets me when I come home, and I'm thankful that something, somebody's happy to see me. Uh, but whatever it is, you know, I hope that you can, I hope that you can do that. I hope that you can uh, enjoy some of the things, just that our needs are met, and, uh, and just you know, excited to see the, the, the good and the positive. Okay, simple little point, but actually a very valuable little point. Count the blessings, look for the positive. Okay, let's go on a little bit more in the early stages of his journey here. Since much time has passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the fast, uh, the autumnal equinox, we were into, they didn't really sail in, in, in winter. So it's kind of, this is bad weather. We don't go out there. The sea was very dangerous. Uh, the fast is already over. Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo in the ship, but also of lives. And I didn't stop there by accident, but the next word there is but. So Paul says, hey, I got news for you. This isn't going to be good. By the way, the advice of the time anyway would have been you don't sail during this time. This isn't smart. Okay, this isn't wise. Things are not looking good. And Paul says, hey, I, I got news for you. <laughs> this is going to be a rough trip. But 
The problem, the but, leads into the fact that they're not going to listen. Okay? We got that message, but we're not listening. We are not going to, and during difficult times, I think it is very important and very crucial that we heed the godly counsel. Now, this isn't to say that I am smarter than anybody. <laughs> if you'd like to amen there, I'll say it again. This isn't to say that I'm smarter than anybody. There you go. I knew there'd be a spirit of revival come with, with that one. In fact, I was, I was thinking today, my friend Bernita is, is here, and uh, a little while ago, uh, her husband was in the nursing facility at Cass County, and he'd been in there for months, and she hadn't been able to see him uh, because of the situation. And uh, she said, I want to bring him home. Now, Lynn needed a lot of care, and I thought there's no way she should do that. <laughs> that's smart. I did not. I bit my tongue. Uh, but, but I thought, this isn't going to work. She's not going to do it. Man, did she prove me wrong. She, just, <laughs> she, she took him home, took great care of him, made it so that the last five, months, uh, five weeks of his life were so special and that he could be home again and she could be with him and hold his hand. And man, did she ever do the right thing? And I just thought, man, if she had listened to my advice, <laughs> she'd been standing at the window up there at the Cass County Nursing Facility. And I thought, that's great. So I'm not in any way saying that when I say this, that, boy, you got to listen to me. I'm your pastor. If you don't, you're in trouble. But I do want you to realize this. If you have somebody in your life that loves you and cares about you, whether it be pastor, teacher, parent, they love you and they care about you and they are warning you, hey, you're headed for shipwreck. You need to listen. Okay, you need to figure out, you know, Paul wrote one time and he said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And sometimes the hardest thing for love to do is to tell somebody the truth and say you're headed for trouble. And if somebody cares enough to do that, uh, you need to understand that if somebody's waving their, their hands and saying, no, stop, that it is time to listen. Okay, and, and yes, I am targeting younger people right now as so I say that. Because, you know, so often it's like, you need to figure out who loves you. Okay, now I won't target old, uh, young people, I'll target old people. This is a trivia question from 70s TV. Are you ready? Who said, with a lollipop in his mouth, who loves you, baby? Kojak, Telly Savalas, that is right. You've got to be an old-timer to, re to remember that. He was the ultimate tough New York cop. Uh, he had his uh, lollipop, and he'd say, who loves you, baby? Uh, that is the question. But that's the question I want to pose to you, too. I want you to, to ask that question, who really loves me? Who really cares about what happens to me in the future? It is amazing to me, and I remember this back from my teenage years, how often teenagers take advice from each other before they take it from their parents. I'm going to just want to say that's dumb. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm being too much of a preacher and meddling into your business, but I'm still going to say it. It's dumb. Okay, and sometimes you need to realize who it is that God has put in your life that loves you and cares about you and wants what's best for you and is saying, hey, you're headed for shipwreck. You're headed for shipwreck with this. It's time to listen. But they didn't with Paul. And definitely in the storms, we want to make sure that we are heeding godly counsel. Now, let me read a little bit more here. Uh, moving on in the chapter, beginning in verse number 13. Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed uh, along Crete and along, uh, I'm sorry, close to the shore. But soon, a oh man, I knew I was going to have a hard time with the word. Tempestuous. How was that? Pretty good. Uh, wind uh, called the north called a northeaster struck down from the land, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along, running under the lee of the small island called Kata. We managed with difficulty to steer the ship's boat, and after hoisting it up, they used the supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing that they would run aground on Syrtis, uh, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently Storm tossed, they began the next day to do what? Jettison the cargo. 
Okay, let's get rid of some of this weight. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And when neither sun nor moon nor stars appeared for many days, that, that to me would be so creepy. You can't, you have no idea where you are. Uh, but, uh, and all the small tempests lay on, lay on us. All hope of our being saved had been uh, abandoned. Okay, lost or abandoned. They figure, okay, we're done, we're done with this here. When we face storms, one of the things that we want to make sure is that we're not hanging on to things that are going to drag us down. Now, I've been so excited about sharing this that uh, if you did follow the midweek momentum this week, I, I, I couldn't wait to share this with you. I literally couldn't wait. I wanted to share that. Uh, but I think this is such an important principle that we grab a hold of that we don't want to be holding on to the things that will drag us down. And many times I have watched people do that very thing. Not just in storms, but in, uh, in anything in life that is tough to handle. For example, marriage is tough work. And sometimes I watch people hold on to things that tear them away from their spouse. Maybe not even necessarily things that are wrong, but something that tears them away. And, and they hold on to something and they look back later and say, Man, why did I do that? That was so stupid. But they hold on to something that sinks a marriage. Or even sinks a relationship with children. Um, again, there are some things that you look at here and you say, well, of course an addiction you need to drop. Okay, uh, I mean, you know, there are some things, like I said, okay, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we are to lay aside every weight and sin. So there are some things that we want to get rid of that are sinful, just plain sinful, and there are some that are, they're not necessarily bad, but they're just weights that we want to get rid of. And when you think of somebody that is uh, uh, hooked on alcohol, and they're allowing their drinking to destroy their family, you see that, you say, man, that's really bad, or, or drugs, or pornography. Any addiction that, that can destroy a home, destroy a family like that, I want to say this, by very nature of saying an addiction, I really strongly suggest you get some help, okay? Whether that be a support group uh, through, through church or even a secular support group, I would not say to, don't go to because you need some help with that, okay? That's why it's an addiction. But, you know, those things are pretty easy to, to recognize, but there are other things that can tear us down, that can pull us down. Sometimes it is just a relationship that we know is hurting us. Sometimes it is bitterness that we're hanging on to. Um, I mentioned this before. My wife uh, read a couple books by this doctor that uh, it, whenever he meets with patients before any type of surgery, he'll talk to them a little bit about their lives and just to make sure that they don't have any unforgiveness in their life because he says that is so important in their healing is that they don't have this bitterness that they're carrying. They're not carrying this extra weight. And if we're doing that through this season of life, we're carrying this extra weight, weight I think we're, we're very foolish uh, bitterness, anger. I, I mean, even think about this, and, and don't elbow right now, don't, don't even laugh, but I know there are families, and I, I don't know that I'm looking at any of them, but I know there are families that right now, the wife or the husband is just like, you need to stop watching the news because I can't take you getting mad all the time. I mean, honestly, you're just, you're just angry all the time. Okay, I can't, you know, I can't take it anymore. I can't deal with him usually him. Uh, men seem to have more of an anger problem, but I can't deal with them when they're like this. But you see what we're doing? We're holding on to something that is hurting the things that are truly important in our lives. You know, we're allowing something that is not that crucial to sink us. I've seen, uh, you know, in, in talking again, that, you know, some of these things, okay, this is, don't, don't take this, this next section as preaching, but I've watched uh, this is more just kind of talking and sharing. This isn't like I'm mad about this in any way. But hunting season is coming up or startup. I've watched men destroy their families by 
loving hunting too much. Now, I'm not preaching in any way against hunting, please. I'm not. Now, I haven't been hunting since I was a junior hire, and my only job was to test the deer remains and, and see how long ago the deer had been there. Uh, my uncle said, go stick your finger in that, see how warm it is, and see, see, see if the deer's been here recently. That was a, that's my only hunting experience, so I didn't stay with it very long. I'm not in any way preaching against hunting, don't take it, or football, or anything else like that. But what I'm saying is sometimes we cling to something and we make it too important, and we've watched that happen. Yeah, I'm a football widow. You know, I really don't see my husband at all in, in the fall, you know, during football season or, or you know, again, something like hunting. Uh, this is a really weird illustration. Frances is down the hallway today, so I can get away with it. She'll get mad at me later in the week. But there was a time early in our marriage that um, she, uh, she had gone and found a new hairdresser, a new guy as a hairdresser, and, and he was good. I mean, like she walked in and, and you know, it was like, wow, that's, that's really nice. And she was getting compliments everywhere. I mean, it's like, wow, uh, that looks so nice. That's amazing. And she kept going on and on about this hairdresser. I forget his name or I'd say it. Uh, but it, it's uh, now there is such a thing as a holy and a righteous jealousy that a man can have for his wife is a good thing, kind of like God. And there's also a very childish jealousy. I had the latter. But I kept hearing about this guy, and it was just ticking me off. Oh, he's so wonderful. Uh, like they, and, you know, like she'd come back from getting her hair done and tell me what he said. And I was getting ticked. Uh, and and I, was, I was getting jealous. Wait, and, and I know this is totally wrong on my part. That I, like I, I, want, I wanted you to know what my wife did, though. She stopped going to him. Yeah, I know. Some of you are like, I wouldn't have. A hairdresser. Uh, I'd have stayed with the, with the guy. And it turned out later, I think maybe he might have actually been more interested in me than he was her. But anyway, we won't get into that. Uh, but, but that's, a, that's a totally different subject. Uh, but, but, you know, and my jealousy was not founded at all. But I, well, I was jealous and everything like that. And, but here's what she did. And I've told you before, my wife is a whole lot better person than I am. Uh, there's multiple proofs of that. But here's what she did. She said, hey, this isn't worth it. If this is creating any type of conflict, it's not worth it. That's really pretty good. I mean, some of you are thinking, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have done that either. But understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we hold on to something that is killing, that is to uh, pulling us down from something that is so much more important, that is you know, drawing us away. One other thing I want to mention with that is one of the things we can hold on to is our pride. My daughter was in lifeguard training. I remember they taught her that if you came up to rescue somebody and that person was fighting, you know, struggling too much, you had to back off. You couldn't rescue them until they stopped and they surrendered because they would tear you down too. And sometimes, you know, we're just in our pride and in our own fighting and everything like that, we hold on to our own pride that keeps us from getting help. We hold on to our own pride that, that uh, will not admit our, our own faults and we're leading to sinking. But I just thought this is such a great thing as we navigate difficult times for each one of us to look at our life and say, hey, is there something I'm holding on to that's going to drag me down? Okay, is there something, a sin that needs confessed? Or is there just something that, you know, this has just become too big in my life right now and it is tearing me down and I need to surrender this. I need to follow 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all our cares upon Jesus because he cares for me. And, and, leave it, and leave that with him. Okay? So, point number three. Let go of the things that can sink you. Let's, let's move forward a little bit with a little bit more scripture here. Uh, and, uh, and get to one more point that I have that I think is, is the most crucial of all. Just again, kind of summarizing some of this section. But I'll start reading uh, here verse number 24. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. God, you must stand before Caesar. Remember, God had promised Paul that. 
You're going to Caesar. You're going to Rome. So you're not going to die. We, we've read about that several other weeks. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail, granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must all go around some island. He said, hey, guys, got good news for you. As rough as this is, hard going, God has promised. I'm trusting in the promises of God, okay? He goes on, he says, after we were brought safely through, then uh, learned the island was called Malta. There you go. Uh, the native people showed us unusual kindness. There's a second example of this. And they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and it was cold. And when Paul had gathered, I'm jumping to uh, chapter 28 now, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. <laughs> By the way, this is another thing Paul had experienced constantly is people lying about him, making up stories about him. Uh, Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He's going to get his. Uh, he, however, shook off the creature into the fire, fire and suffered no harm. Then they decided uh, he must be a god. Okay. People are a little fickle like that, uh, you might have noticed. But I want you to go back again to this, uh, if it, we'll call it a snake bit moment for a second. I call this my Queen Latifah moment. Why do you call it that, you say? Well, there was a movie one time where Queen Latifah played this. They didn't call it Walmart, but it's like she worked in a Walmart all her life, and she had these big dreams, and then all of a sudden, she, uh, but they never came true, and then all of a sudden she found out she had a brain tumor and she was going to die. Well, it was a misdiagnosis, but she started to live like she was going to die. But I can still remember the scene where it's like, I mean, she's a nice lady, you know, cared about people and everything like that. I can still remember the scene when she found out she had this brain tumor because she stood there and she said, really? She's praying. She said, really? This is how you're going to do me? Uh, now, that is terrible, you say. But let's be honest for a second. Have you ever got to that place where it's kind of like, really? Really? Really this, this now? Okay. Is it, you know, maybe it was this week. You know, maybe you got done with the debates and said, really? <laughs> this is where we are? Uh, maybe you heard the news, the president said, I thought, really? This is what, what it's 2020. What else can we say? Uh, you know, maybe it is something far more personal in your life that you look at it and you just say, really, God? Really? Is it, is it? And, and I'm not, please, I'm not in any way intending to be sacrilegious, but I am intending to be realistic that sometimes we're just like, God, could I have a break? Now, what does Paul do? Shakes it off. Now, that's not the message. I'm not going to tell you. Just shake it off. I'm going to t tell you how to do it. Uh, if I was a creative, more progressive pastor, I'd have Jeremy come back up and lead Taylor Swift's Shake It Off song, and we could all, uh, and we could all storm out the door ready to shake off hard times. But we won't do that. Uh, I'd like to see that, though. Uh, to see Jeremy do a Taylor Swift number. But, uh, but any, anyway, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. And the message isn't really, okay, just shake it off. The message is this. And I don't want you to miss this first word understand the promises of God. Now, we've said before, make sure we're claiming the promises of God, leaning into them, make sure that you know the promises of God. That's important. But I think it is very important here that you understand the promise of God. God did not promise smooth sailing, did he? He did not promise calm seas. Okay? He did not promise that, okay, uh, you're following me now, Paul. You're giving your life, so I'm going to give you some favorable winds all the time. They're always going to blow the way that you want them to blow. And everything's going to go well. What, and I think many times we struggle with our faith when we misunderstand the promises of God because that's what we think this is all about. 
I'm going to follow him and everything's going to go my way. Actually, I don't remember, but in that song, that words kind of came out there and stuff like that. And basically, God, you don't owe me anything. You're good in that way. I was thinking as we were singing that, how perfectly that fit. But uh, the, uh, the promise of God is not, okay, from now on, seize a glass. <laughs> By the way, it's, it's kind of interesting. There's a verse in the book of Revelation that says there will be in eternity, there will be no more seas. And it doesn't mean, it's because the sea was seen as so deadly, so dangerous. Okay, that was the picture they thought of as life at sea is so hard and it's deadly. He said that won't even be there anymore, that's coming. But uh, God doesn't say, hey, I'm going to smooth it all out. It's going to be easy while you're here on this earth. So let's talk about a couple things that uh, are promised, okay? Number one, we sang about it. God has not surrendered his authority. I actually saw that quote, uh, A.W. Tozier. God, in difficult times, remember that God has not surrendered his authority. He is still in charge. Okay, that is a promise that we have that we can cling to. God has also, and this comes throughout this passage that we read and throughout the book of Acts, I'm going to give you strength for the journey. Okay, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you strength. I will be there with you. I will give you my presence. I will give you my power. I'm going to help you, help you through the difficult times. I will be with you always. And God has also promised that he's going to get us to heaven. Okay? God has an eternal covenant that he says, trust in me, come to me in repentance and faith, and I will give you eternal life. God says, I will save what you give me, and if you give me your heart in repentance and faith, I will keep it. I will not lose it. I looked up uh, just to see some of the promises of God about eternal life because I thought, you know, a lot of our struggles come with we look for things in the temporal world, in this world, in this little visit that we have here on this earth. And, we, and it's very hard for us to look towards eternity. I looked up and found over a over hundred different promises that God has about eternal life. I wanted to share one with you where Jesus said, I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand and I and my Father are one. He gives us that eternal promise. Let's, I, I want to share two quotes that I came across and uh, I hope I, I say this. If, if I've lost you, you know, if you're like, it's kind of hot. Is it hot or is it just my coat? It's all hot. Sorry about that. I, I uh, will... We'll adjust that. Uh, I, people aren't passing out. That's good. Uh, but uh, but uh, I wondered if you were a little warm because I, I am. But, um, but if, if, you've, if I've lost you at all, come back and listen to these two quotes, okay? Here's the first one. Don't judge. Boy, this is big. Don't judge God's love for you based on circumstances, but based on Jesus. Okay? That's very important. That's, a, a, that's an idea. Because a lot of times we will look at the circumstances of life and say, you don't love me. You don't love me. If you love me, why would this happen? But based on the one who has sealed our eternity with the price of his own life, based on the one who has written our names down in the book of life, and there is no eraser that can take that name out of there, based on the one who, we'll break into the oldies here, but says we are signed, sealed, and we will be delivered. Okay? Based on that, that's who I'm trusting. And again, we sang this morning, Jesus, you're, it's, it's all about you. It's only you. That, that's, that's all I need. If we look to the circumstances of this life to prove God's love for us, we're going to struggle. If we look to Jesus, then we'll know that we are loved. 
Second quote. When God, and, and I, this, this hit me, a preacher said this. He said, when God doesn't tell us why something is, will happen, it's because it wouldn't help. Okay, again, we're navigating tough storms. When God doesn't tell you why, it is because God knows it wouldn't help for him to tell you at that time. Okay, now that's, that's rough to, to understand, but if you think through it from a parent standpoint for a second, every once in a while, I'm going to say this kind of mocking, but I'll watch young parents who, you know, they've read every book on child rearing, and I'll watch them with their very, very, very small children trying to explain everything to them, you know. The reason why I'm not giving you this is because, and the kid, ah, ah, like that. I'm like, you know, at this point, I just say no. And there comes a time when you want to explain things. But for right now, you know, probably they're not really completely grasping the whole truth. Uh, now, maybe you think, well, I want to get in the habit of explaining it, and we'll keep doing it. Okay, I get that. But the truth of the matter is, little babies sometimes, you know, we're trying to explain to them why they shouldn't have something, and they're like, are you, are you serious? Uh, I just want it. I don't care what, you, what you're saying. I don't even understand what you're saying. It's just blah, 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 everything like that. If God has decided that he will not show us why something is happening, we can trust that that's because it wouldn't help. I, I thought that was good because I, I, I mean, I need that. I mean, you know, we wrestle a lot of times, you know, with the, with the whole snake thing. There it is. Really, God? <laughs> I've been through this, 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 and this. I'm just figuring finally I'm on my way to Rome. I guess that's where I'm going to end up uh, getting to go to heaven. But in the meantime, I've got to be bit by the snake. <laughs> really, God? And I think that when we get to that place in our life, it is so important that we not just know the promises of God and not just even, say, lean into them, that we understand what the promises of God are. Because if we're confused, if we think this smooth sailing is the rest of the way, we're going to get ticked at God. God, this isn't what I signed up for. This, this isn't really what I want. Uh, the worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to sing a closing song again. I always want to encourage you with a couple things as we close. I, li- I like it. To, I, I kind of like to leave on a song. You know, I feel like sometimes if I just say, okay, you're done, shall we leave? Uh, I kind of like to close on a, on a song just so you kind of you know, have the words of that song going through your head or, or whatever. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're, we're going to close with that. But I also want, as we close like that, I want to invite you to do a couple other things. Sometimes just listen to them sing, and maybe there's something you want to talk to God about that. Maybe God has said, hey, this is, a, uh, this is a weight you're dragging around right now. It's hurting you. It's hurting your marriage. It's hurting your kids. Maybe you could take this time to lay it down and give it to God. Okay. Uh, maybe it is time to remember the promises of God that uh, God has said through Jesus Christ, through the one who loved you so much that he laid down his life, who met our greatest need of salvation. He said, I've given you eternal life. I've promised to keep you forever. First of all, be sure that 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 gift comes through, is received through repentance and faith in our lives. Make sure that's ours. And if that's something that uh, I could share more about with you, I'd love to. I'll be around afterwards. I'd love to talk to you or set up a time to talk to you. But uh, maybe just the, the challenge that you need on this, on this day is just, uh, hey, there's something that God brought me here today to cast upon him. Uh, maybe, maybe I've totally forgotten thankfulness. I need to make a list. Thing, things I'm looking at. Hey, this is the good I saw in this story. Now, maybe it is the extra weight. Maybe it is to jump into just claim the promises of God. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. 
You may also contact the church via email info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.